Hello, my energetic and committed tribe, and welcome to Rewoke, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. My name is Michelle Person, and we are on a journey to change the face of education. We are rethinking, re-examining, and re-educating ourselves and our children. Last week, we talked about what it means to be woke in reading class. This week, we follow the natural progression of things, and we are going to explore what it means to be woke and writing. Can good writing really be taught? We will explore that question today with our guest, LaVon Gigger, from the great state of Georgia. She was introduced to a system that we should all be using, the DOT system, and she is going to tell us more about it today. In the words of James Baldwin, read, 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 never stop reading. And when you can't read anymore, write. So tell me, are you woke? Writing gives voice to our inner thoughts and allows us to share them. It has often been said that the best way to improve someone's reading is to have them write. Writing focuses on phonics, comprehension, mechanics. It has students developing their voice and how they can communicate that voice to others. I can tell you that though it might be the best way to create better readers, it is not the easiest. It might be the best way to create better readers, but whenever I would say, okay, class, take out your writing journals, the groans were audible. Eyes were rolled, teeth were sucked. My kids hated writing, but they had to write. Each year, standardized tests are putting more and more emphasis on writing. And not just personal narrative writing where you can make up a story or summarize a chapter and pass. No. Students these days are expected to read two separate texts, form an idea about what they read, and then defend that idea, citing examples from both texts as early as third grade. If you cannot write, you do not pass the end of the year state assessment, period. We could do a whole separate podcast on whether or not I believe that particular requirement is grade level appropriate. Spoiler alert, I don't. But unfortunately, in traditional public schools right now, that is the reality and the model that we have. The most frustrating part for me is that no one seems to ever want to talk about the fact that we tend to write how we speak. Why is that important, you might ask? Well, one, we know our black and brown babies don't always speak the queen's English, and that's strike one. Number two, we can only write as well as we read. So given that our black and brown babies on average also read one to two grade levels behind their peers, writing becomes even more burdensome. So how do we do it? How do we make sure our children are able to express themselves fully and adequately? My guest today is here to explain how she does it and give us a few tips. Levon, it is great to see you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule down there in Georgia for talking uh, and talking to us today. No problem. I am honored to be invited. 
we were talking before we got started about the writing system that uh, you stumbled across and was were, and were introduced to that helps get kids engaged and really understand and grasp um, the different elements of the writing system. And I cannot wait for you to share all of that. Um, but before we dive into that, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about you, who you are, your background? So my name is Levon. I'm originally from Kansas. I've been here in Georgia just over 13 years. Um, I'm a mother of three. Uh, I'm a dancer, and but I'm passionate about education as well. This is my eighth year in education. My five and a half, six years going into teaching fourth grade. I've also done second grade, and I've done a, a, a combination of being departmentalized and self-contained. That's funny. I, I love it. Um, second and fourth grade, ironically, like we're, we're sister and like, you know, you're, we, we have sister spirits, uh, fourth and second grade were the two grades. I taught everything, but I spent most of my time in second and fourth. Um, and that's funny too, because that, that perfect for the question I'm about to ask you first, second grade is when you really transition into really first grade is really more about getting a sentence out. You know, like being very specific, maybe writing one full sentence with correct capitalization at a period. Second grade is when you start to introduce the idea of a paragraph, meaning you're going to organize your thoughts, you're going to plan. Fourth grade is actually when they expect you to kind of be working on revising that process so that you can be considered a fluent writer for fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. So you've actually seen people that in, in both areas really, really beginning and where they should actually be like refining their craft. So that being said, my question to you is, what does good writing instruction look like? Uh, if you're instructing and, you know, does it matter um, whether or not you're instructing um, somebody beginning the process or somebody who really has a good grasp? What does good writing instruction look like? Well, for me, good writing instruction, as well as all instruction, has to be fun. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it, Okay. Um, but with writing instruction, what I've learned um, from my mentor is that you must include a lot of verbal language. I agree with the school of thought that says if you can speak it, you can write it. So we must get scholars to practice speaking well so that they will write what they say. In my own experience, you will see improvements by leaps and bounds. So we, we practice what we're going to write, saying it out loud, and you have to get up. And so, like, for example, with the topic sentence in my second graders, we gave them three topic starters for their paragraph. Let me tell you about, would you like me to tell you about, there are many things about. And so we were going to write about our favorite back, you know, our favorite type of chips. And so they had to pick which one of those starters they like, and they have to go to the people in a structured way. All right. One, two, three, find a partner, you know, mm -hmm. let me tell you about my, why my favorite chips are ruffles, cheddar, cheese, and onion, whatever it is. And then they'll go to somebody else and they say it three or four times before we ever get the paper out. Do you know the sentence, everyone? You have said this verbally about five times. Now we're going to sit down and best believe they're going to be sitting there like, <laughs> you know, they're going to sit there and they're going to write exactly what they're thinking in their head. I love that. Like, I mean, that's a great tip. So that, I mean, that's, I usually ask for three tips that you should be doing that engage um, specifically black and brown learners. First of all, that tip would work with anybody, I think. Um, but I definitely think that, A, like you said, that is fun. That 
they will want to do that. And if you start your writing lessons off like that, they are automatically going to be engaged. And then the second point is most of our kids are not, um, our kids are not um, uh, people who sit and get, right? They, they, they are, they have to do, they are kinesthetic. So if you're, you're asked, you're adding to, to right away to the whole writing process, a, a kinesthetic aspect to it, they're getting up and they're going to do something. And then you're adding the oral tradition, which is such a rich part of, you know, the, the history for black and brown kids. Um, they get to talk, like our kids yeah. get to talk. So they get to, so before, so then for me, if you introduce writing that way, the, the, Oh, when you say get out your writing journals, oh, like, oh, 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 and they're like, yay. So the first strategy that I heard you talk about, obviously, is adding, um, adding speaking, but to, to writing before they start to write. Are there any other tips you have that you think teachers should be doing if they are going to be trying to engage um, their learners, primarily black and brown learners? How, what else should they be doing besides making it fun, obviously, and also making sure they're integrating opportunities for them to talk to each other. What other tidbits, what other nuggets can you rain on us today? Do not be afraid of popular culture. So last year and the year before, period food was like the thing to say. And so I was like, I'll take it back. Period food! And they are yelling. <laughs> and listen, you see them sitting there writing. Like, you'll see them say it, and I don't care, even if they say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I bet you my sentences have an ending punctuation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So even if it's not a period, if we have the period, and now we can go back and correct, like, oh, now were you asking a question? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 I was asking a question. But if we could just start by getting punctuation at the end of sentences, I know any teacher like, oh, no, there's not one. Look, we, look, as adults, have you scrolled Facebook lately? <laughs> Whole think pieces with not one piece of punctuation. Not one, not one, I can't do one. it. I can't function. <laughs> but we can start that by engaging in, in the culture. Yeah. How they hear people speaking at home. And we're not going to make them feel bad because this mirror speaks like that at home too. For our young learners, we can bridge something that they're hearing at home as normal and commonplace and take that into this is how we can connect it academically. We have spoken to um, a lot of educators um, as we were in production to do this show and some of our other episodes that will be coming out this season. And that is something that I have heard over and over again, make it relevant, make it relevant for them, because that is how they feel. That's where they get their sense of comfort. And once they get that sense of comfort, that's when they will begin to, you'll see performance levels increase you know so like I, I love that that piece of information there so make sure it's culturally relevant and create a safe space for them to do that I love that tip and I have my third one for you oh you got a third one for me okay my third one is music mm. always the music always the music so I start my classes I'm teaching social studies fourth grade this year and I am still incorporating writing mm-hmm. but the music always wins so, so when you say wanna, the music, when you say the music, do you mean playing it in the background, using it at, you know, studying the lyrics? What do you mean when you say the music? No, um, we're, we're referencing it. We're singing it. Um, so I do accelerated vocabulary. And so um, I'll pick an instrumental that the kids probably know. Mm-hmm. Right now we're doing the... Yeah. 
So like the one of the kids, like this was my first week of school, so these kids don't know me and my system. I'm introducing it and I have my mic and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna say the word first, and when I point the mic to you, you're unmuted and you're saying it after me. But honey, one of these boys, he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was he was in it. He was in it before he even knew what we were gonna say, and we're like, standard of living, economic choices, and we're you know we try to get on beat. As we get through the year, we'll get on beat. Right now, we're not on beat. But it, it's just fun. They're reading the words. It's accelerated because what I am doing is I'm teaching them the words before they will encounter it in the actual reading text. And you're teaching them the words to the instrumental version of a song that they are familiar with. That they already know. And then the following week, then I will, um, the following week, I will define the words and I'll use gifts funny gifts that they may have seen on their mama's phone or videos, pictures, whatever. My bit movie is, is a hit doing all kinds of silly things, whatever it takes for them to understand the meaning of that word. And then they will read the word in their textbook. And go, Ooh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with specialization. You know, they'll say it the way that I'm saying it in my cadence. They're So that's one, that's one way. Building those, but we talk all the time about building those bridges. You, you are building those bridges. Thank you so much for the work you are doing because that is that it, it, it's important work. And you would be surprised once you build those bridges where they will go. How, like, they, I mean, you just have to build that bridge. So that's that's great. Thank you. And it doesn't feel like work. I'm having fun. And that's what school should be. <laughs> school should be fun. Now, tell me about this fun writing system that you stumbled across that we should all be using because like I, I mentioned before before you and I came on my kids hated writing 100% it was they got better at it you know it, we, we, we offered some choice we, I, I tried to introduce it in small chunks but it still it was nothing they did not love it and I don't know that this I don't know that any person who's not just a writer will actually ever love it but I wanted I wanted to not hear them suck their teeth every time I said take out your writing journals so you have stumbled across a system that they might not end up loving it but they feel comfortable with it and they don't hate it which is key so tell us about the system that you found yes the doc system I must first get credit where credit is due um the the wonderful genius as I call him Tony Ford um came up with this doc system or introduced it to to the staff um, where I was working at the time. And it was um, funny because it very uh, was very similar to something that I, I created on my own. I had created this color-coded writing system when I was teaching fourth grade informational writing. But uh, Mr. Ford's version expanded um, from K through five, and it also took into account you know, narrative, informational, and persuasive writing. So, number one, I found it through Tony Ford. Shout out to him. Okay. And so now it's with me forever. I'm taking it everywhere and I'm sharing it because mm -hmm. it works. Um, so when I was using it, I was teaching second grade. So basically what it does, it gives the, uh, the kids a structure mm -hmm. of what to always expect. It's not going to be new just because you're writing about something new. With the second one, well, so I'll focus on second grade. Mm -hmm. You will always have your red dot, which is your topic, your orange, yellow, and green, which are three details about your subject matter, and then your blue dot, which is your conclusion or your closing. Okay. And then within each of those dots, 
you have four bullet points that I remember to do, you know, the capitalization and the punctuation and what is the function of each of those sentences. Okay. So it creates this stability that is like, oh, wait a minute, now I'm doing persuasive writing. It's different now, it changed. No, it didn't. You mm-hmm. still need a topic, three sentences in the middle, and a closing sentence. I like that. So basically you get them brainstorming orally, like we talked about at the very beginning. So they've got the ideas in their head and then they've got a framework. They can put the, take the ideas, the thoughts and put them on paper in an order that makes logical sense, which is what we all want. Um, Okay. How long does it take the kids usually to grasp this? So um, we were working in a, a, a low performing school. So what we created, what we created was that the doc system should take about 10 to 14 days um, in second grade mm-hmm. because you're only writing one sentence per day. Okay. We're only going to make you write one sentence per day. Now, when you get this to kids who are performing on level, it's magical. It's magically delicious like Lucky Charms. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like the kids just flow. So you can, when you're getting with on-level students, you probably could produce a, a, a quality piece of paper uh, writing in one week. Okay. Because day one is a graphic organizer, and the graphic organizer is color-coded just like the dots. Mm-hmm. And then you have your graphic organizer is done. And so like I said, what we do is we do a different part of the organizer. Then you get into a rough draft based on the organizer. So you literally take from the organizer and you write it down into your rough draft. And we even use the color pencils or or crayons Mm -hmm. so that they can color code as they write in your rough draft. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the rough draft is done. And then you go into the editing process. So that may take two days if we're now talking about one level, two days of editing, depending on how intense you want that editing to be. And then, of course, then you write your final draft and you do that, you know, either typed or, or written and give them a nice um, piece of, of stock or, or letterhead to put it on and add pictures and whatnot. They're, they're so proud to display it. Okay. Now, tell me, in your experience, I obviously, as an administrator, I know I teach former teacher, you have a, a bunch of kids in your class. Some will be on level, some will be below level, some will be all the way over here. In your opinion, using this system, how long would it take somebody who might be a grade level or two below to be able to produce a grade level um, piece of writing? And also, if you have somebody who's on level, how, because differentiation is always key, how, how good is this system, in your opinion, at taking somebody who is on level and, and helping them expand? So that's a beautiful thing because it's already set up for K through five. So you may need to, in that differentiation piece, you need you may need to give the uh, the struggling writer the the grade level below standards, and you're giving them their dot system and giving them different goals to hit. Yeah, okay. It, it, it just it may depend, especially if it's an IEP, their goals may be totally different than the class anyway. Okay. Um, and then of course with the the gifted or the high performing then you push them. If I had a fourth grader, I would give them the, the fifth grade dot system and challenge them. All right, now there are some things that they're doing in the fifth grade level writing. I want you to incorporate this. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that there you have that the rubric set up so that it it's by grade levels. So you can kind of gauge where your kids are all in the same classroom and give them the level that works for them. 
that's um that's that's always a great help when you have that those differentiated mm -hmm. tools in the classroom. Because um, once they've mastered it, they feel that success. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel that success. It's like, look, I did it! I did it! I capitalized the letter. I had my ending punctuation. I told the main idea. You know, and they're they're able to tell you the part of this sentence that they wrote. And now you get to add on. Okay, well, can you tell me more? Can you give me another sentence? You know, that detail doesn't have to be one detail sentence. You can add two detail sentences within your yellow dot. So now your yellow dot has two sentences instead of just one. How can parents support this type of work at home? What can they be doing to make sure that they are continuing at home the work that you're doing in the classroom? Being very verbal. This sounds really silly, but talk to your children. Talk to them and let them explain anything to you that they know well. They know Roblox and Fortnite. Let me tell you about how to play Fortnite. The first comma, you pick an avatar. Next comma, you do this. Finally, comma, you do that. Right. And, and in conclusion, you can become a great Fortnite player like me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But the comma. But yeah, just let them talk to you about it. Let them talk to you about anything that they are an expert on. Parents, I hope you heard that. You don't have to do anything extra. Just let them ramble. And if you let them ramble, you're helping them put thoughts together. And you are, um, you are helping them to become better writers. Levon, can you tell us right now, are there any free resources out there? Um, and obviously, if you if there's a way for, for our listeners to get this DOT system, like is the, if they can find it online, reach out to somebody to get a copy, what, what resources do you recommend? How can we find this DOT system? You can definitely follow me um, and, and send me an inbox, and I will definitely send you a copy of the DOT system. Now, in order to contact me, you have to first uh, decide to support my other business. I am a dance instructor as well. Um, so that is sophisticated work because I'm a sophisticated woman. Okay. But I like to twerk a little bit on the side. So sophisticated work, S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-T-W-E-R-K. That is on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and you can, you can um, at me anywhere um, and send me an inbox and I will go ahead and send you a copy of the doc system. But you can um, go ahead and schedule your class for some relaxation. Yes, absolutely. So everything is fun with me. Fun fitness. We are going to get this cardio workout that's not going to feel like a workout. Just like riding is not going to feel like riding. Yes, right. And I was just going to say, like, you have to, after you spend a long day at your job and then you listen to your child talk about riding to help them become a better human being, do something for you. Go twerk. Go do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I always recommend if teachers have not heard of Teachers Pay Teachers, mm -hmm. please, please uh, get on Teachers Pay Teachers. I have a couple of items on there mm -hmm. with Venn diagrams. I have some some addition and subtraction racks that I wrote on there mm -hmm. um, about, like I said, music is always, always key for me. So Teachers Pay Teachers, Khan Academy is excellent. Not, I know a lot of us know Khan Academy for math. But they have a lot of ELA that is being expanded on Khan Academy, which is free. Okay. All, all of those are great tips, uh, parents. We, all of those informational uh, pieces will be included in the show notes um, um, after this episode is over. So don't feel like you had to be writing it all down while you're listening. Um, Levon, I want to thank you so, so much for being here with us and talking to us about this great this great writing system that you found and, and these great insights on just how to make writing more enjoyable for our kids. So, because they have to do it. That's the sad part is like, 
they have to do it. There, there is no kid that's going to be able to pass any state test um, if you go to a traditional public educator, uh, a traditional public education school. You can't pass what you need to pass if you can't write well. They just they, right. they don't allow it anymore. So thank you for these tips on how we can get our kids excited about writing, and even if they might not ever love it, they at least won't hate it. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Let your kids talk. Let them talk before they write. Let them talk when they come home from school so they can practice putting ideas out there into the world. I love that tip. I want to thank our guest, Ms. Levine Gigger, for coming by and sharing those nuggets with us today. Show notes, resources, and links to all the things we've mentioned are available on our website, www.justlikemepresents.com. Make sure you hit subscribe and share this podcast with other parents and educators in your circle. Visit us on Facebook at Just Like Me Presents. Join our group and share writing tips that you might have. Next week, we are leaving the world of language arts and we are going to explore best practices in math. What does woke math look like and why do so many of our students struggle? Thanks for listening. And remember, if our children can see it, they can achieve it. Parents, are you frustrated with traditional education? I was. Educators, are you struggling to find inclusive academic content that represents your students? I know the feeling. That is why I created Just Like Me Presents. Just Like Me Presents is a multimedia production and development company that stresses the importance of literacy, culturally relevant teaching materials, and active learning experiences. Check out our culturally responsive books and supplemental curriculums on our website, www.justlikemepresents.com. In the Just Like Me book and Just Like Me pick sections, your child will be amazed at how many books they can choose from where the characters look like them. They've never had math explained the way we do with Remember Through Rhyme, and I can guarantee the history we share and meanwhile in Africa isn't taught in any traditional public school. Let us help you get the tools you need to rewrite your child's education and set them on a path to success. If you have a child in kindergarten through fifth grade, trust me, you'll want to check us out. I think you're going to love our programs and the long-lasting positive impact they will have on your child. Our programs help students develop a strong sense of self, affirm their identities, and encourage critical thinking and entrepreneurship skills. Head on over to the website now at www.justlikemepresents.com and help empower your child to become the best version of themselves. And remember, if our children can see it, they can achieve it.